no longer an audio test. We're now actually recording for realsies. Hey there. Hey there, guys and ghouls. Were you waiting for me to burp? No, I was just, I was waiting for as long as I could, you know, to build tension. Because that's what the people will come to this podcast for, is for conflict. That's what I bring. It's just that. You're tuned into a conflict-ridden podcast. (laughs) Or the morbidly curious. My name's Sanjay, beef expert, and I am joined by Georgia. Uh, beef receive he. How are you doing today, Georgia? Well, I really wanted to tell everyone about the developments that have happened in our friendship lately. Wait, what did we do? Did I did I die? No, you basically proposed to me. So. Oh, I did. Yeah. So <laughs> I was thinking about it a couple of ways. Do you want to tell it or do you want me to tell it? You, you tell it. So there I was doing nothing with my day a couple of days ago. And I was like, I'm almost 30, which like, I don't care about objectively. You know, like in between, I'm a firm believer. You can call me on it if you want or whatever. But I believe that between 25 and 35, you were just 30. So I've already been 30 for three years at this point, and I'll keep being 30 for another, like, seven years. And I was thinking, where do I want to be by the time I'm 40? And I don't care. Um, but I was like, "There's, I am wasting my money right now. I, the U.S. government is actively pulling taxes from me for no reason. I'm just doing my fucking best. So I texted, or Georgia messaged me about something, and I messaged her back, not related but if I'm still single by the time we're 40, or if we're both not married by the time I'm 40, we're getting married. She said, okay. So. Technically, I said anything for tax breaks yeah. and health benefits. Which was pretty much it. Like, we were on the same page yeah. immediately. Because it's like, <laughs> I've always wanted to commit tax fraud. Um, and I think that this is a very, like, low stakes way to do it. Like the most legal way to do it? Yeah, the yeah. most legal way to commit tax fraud. Because <laughs> I don't want to get, like, arrested, but I definitely do want to just, like, commit a small crime. Because crime is fun, everyone. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Stu is kind of offended, but, I mean, that's then he can 12 just, years from now. Yeah, he can I'll be done you. poisoning him. I'll be done poisoning <laughs> him in 12 years. So either Stu <laughs> needs to propose the next 12 years... Or he needs to build an immunity to the poison that you're putting in his system. <laughs> because those are the only two ways in which, or I guess I get married to someone else that I actually I date and then you fall in love with and <laughs> Harry Met Sally them. I've so actually never boring. seen that movie. Hopefully I, Harry Met Sally isn't like a, like a war film. Uh, I just know that there's a Harry uh, Met Sally in it. There are. I wouldn't recommend you start a relationship the way that they do though. How do they start theirs? Um, it's a very antagonistic, argumentative friendship. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, so that would be our future. That'd be ours, yeah. yeah. So yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So I would. I would. When Harry You're met Sally, Sally you. Of course, I'm Sally. <laughs> I don't want to be called Harry. That's a dumb name. Sorry to every Harold that listens to this podcast. You're you're beautiful, Harold. Uh, yep. The other development is that I've 60% convinced you to come t- back here for a vampire ball. That's true. Every time, like once every couple of weeks, Georgia will just remind me that there's this like vampire con going on and it's like a dance kind of. But... It's hosted by something called the Dark Underground, which is the Champaign-Urbana goth scene. Which is like, I'm pretty stoked about. Like. When you first brought it up, I was like, this is kind of cool, because I love that scene in Blade 1 where they're, like, all in the club, and then it starts raining blood from the sprinklers, and everyone is just like, ew, and then everyone's like, actually, we're vampires, and they all start, you know, just, like, aggressively raving, and, like, eat the only human that's there. So, like, that really resonated with me when I was 10, and I think I kind of want to get eaten. So, (laughs) uh, that kind of sold me. And then everyone knows I love Dracula from the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. So that's another reason for me to go. Mm-hmm. Also, Georgia asked me three times. So I'll pretty much do anything if anyone asks me yeah. three times. Well, and the first time I said, I literally want you to come because there'll be a bunch of goth kids taken super seriously. And then you just, they're going, Dracula, don't bite. <laughs> Dracula, scrape and lick. 
and me going up to people that are actively dancing and like I assume it's just very loud like and I'm like yo kids want to see Dracula dance and they're like what do you say old man and I'm like just like awfully dancing next to them like like Dracula does so like there's there's very high potential for comedy if I go and that's kind of selling me hell yeah so from all that delightful uh chaos i'm drinking a limoncello lacroix everyone i don't know if you could hear me cracking oh my god i have some of those and it tastes like vanilla it doesn't taste like limoncello to me i agree completely it makes no sense it's like a light cream soda kind of Mm -hmm. it's like but i like it yeah Everyone drink limoncello lacroix. Even if you don't like lacroix, you'll probably be able to palate it. So what I would I had recommend. A, I had a cran raz one with my lunch today. A craz or a ranberry, as they're called in the scene. Yeah. In the underground seltzer scene. Well, lacroix just calls them cran raz. Boring. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, we're a podcast. Um, <laughs> what are we doing oh, today? We? I think... We're- we're gonna have serious talk <clears throat> is this a thing you said you wanted to talk about before or is this another yeah. thing okay cool. no i can't talk about two serious things in one time That's they cancel ridiculous. out then it's just a goof no yeah. this is a no goof <laughs> podcast for the morbidly curious no goofs um okay so there's this big thing going on in the archaeological community have you seen advertised like the show ancient apocalypse on netflix no but it sounds like something i would love Exactly. That's why I wanted to talk about this. It's hosted by a guy named Graham Hancock, and on the surface, it does look like uh, something that our audience would certainly be interested in watching. It came out on the 11th of last month, and it started causing a shitstorm pretty much right away because, first and foremost, it's categorized as a docuseries, implying that its content is founded in factual evidence. But in actuality, it's worse than Ancient Aliens. What? So you mean it's, like, boring? Because Ancient Aliens is a banger, and if it's worse than that, I assume it's just, like, a boring, like, show where a normal guy just talks without, like, doing Like, hands. it's more wrong in worse ways than Ancient Aliens. Oh, nice. It's so, problematic. Yeah, it's sweet. Yes. So what this guy does, Graham Hancock name um he repeatedly dismisses archaeology and scientific evidence and the whole premise of the show is that um he a journalist not an archaeologist or a scientist or anyone who uses empirical or rational thought he's arguing that there was this impressive advanced society that fell during a cataclysmic flood event about 10,000 years ago, like, basically the Atlantis myth all over again. Sure. And he tries to argue that the survivors of this event then went their separate ways to live among the simple hunter-gatherers and teach them things like agriculture and math and astronomy and, like, technology and stuff. You know, things associated with advanced civilization. And he suggests on the show that the extremely defensive, arrogant, and patronizing attitude of mainstream academia, archaeologists, is stopping us from considering that possibility. Like, no, we're stopping people from considering that possibility because there's no evidence to support that anything like that ever happened. Yes. Um, But because like the content of our show verges into some pseudo-archaeology and like we talk about conspiracies and myths and like supernatural events i wanted to make sure that the line was clearly drawn on where we (laughs) stand on this kind of stuff because we do make a lot of jokes about it and like we talk about expedition unknown a lot and i feel like if you watch that show you'd probably watch a show like this to be like oh what's happening like what are these theories and if you don't know i'm sure it sounds very believable and like josh doesn't always get it right either but he's not a nut job like this guy yeah 
also and this so, guy's literally a journalist. His job is to like be able or to convey information in a way that's like palatable. So it's like, yeah, if, if he, he this means he's a good liar. Also, this is not Misha talking on journalists. Journalism is a noble profession, and I love and respect journalists. I'm just saying, journalists are literal storytellers. So like, if you yeah. have no and he and this guy has. Yeah, and this guy has written stories about this before. Like, he has books published about it, and it's just, like, the same thing over and over again. And he basically says, here's my theory with no evidence to support it. Mm. And then he expects people to come forward with supporting evidence. Uh. But there is no supporting evidence. But, no, so I think it's important to make the distinction because it's this type of thinking that gets you believing in that QAnon white supremacy shit and when people start prescribing to that kind of thinking when they buy into this kind of stuff that Hancock is pushing they're buying into the erasure of indigenous histories and discrediting their heritage and reinforcing the idea that such superior knowledge could have only come from white people or aliens Um, and like this is the stuff that the Nazis believed like the Aryan race was like the Atlanteans what? And that's what he's taught. Yeah. And that's what he's talking about, basically. So that's why this is dangerous. And, you know, anytime we're covering a story, I'll always try to say, like, the only Pharaoh's curse was sensationalized media or Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Bathory was a victim of propaganda, you know, political propaganda or Bloody Mary and the Flying Dutchman are probably optical illusions. Like, Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make sure that, um, one, you are cool listeners, all know not to watch that show, (laughs) or if you do watch it, don't believe anything it fucking says. And two, down with white supremacy. (laughs) Yeah, also- Thanks uh, for coming to my TED talk. (laughs) Yeah, I, everything Georgia just said, we love you guys, you're smart, or you're- smart in the works you know don't listen to bullshit like that i'm also kind of just tilted right now because i didn't know that nazis or the aryan race was related to the atlanteans but like there's there's a whole lot going on in my head right now but yeah no bullshit if uh we will always do our best to like yeah not shit on like indigenous people or like societies that are different than our own we'll shit on ourselves but that's pretty much it like genuinely so yeah. yeah go into that show very very skeptical be ready to shut it down hell yeah the end okay uh now, so now for fun time yeah so oh, going back to something at the very top of the show when i said we're a beef podcast so i work at a game store um for those of you who may not know um it's one of my two jobs and one of my three jobs holy shit and uh we someone like left a review that was like two out of five stars could not find the beef so or there was not a broad beef selection i work at like a board game and card game (laughs) store and someone was upset that our beef selection wasn't good enough and one of uh it was like posted in our group chat of all five of us and my friend slash manager slash childhood friend joe responded we didn't have beef but we definitely do now and I've been thinking about that a lot. So, yeah, it's, it was good. And not the kind of beef you're looking for, exactly. sir. Um, I guess on a slightly related, not really, note. Um, no. You know, we've never had a website because that's really hard, but I'm yep. trying. It's not going to be anything fancy. It's gonna be a Google, like a free Google one that I can create on G Drive because that's all the energy I have to commit to this project currently. Oh, yeah. We're proud of you, Shane, and put in air horns here, please. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll have an episode guide, which also means I have to go back and listen to like our first thirty episodes because that was before I started saving all my notes to G Drive when nice. I was like actually writing them out. Um, so I have to do that and also update episode descriptions because they were all really bad at the beginning and not helpful whatsoever. Um, they were fun though. Yeah, they were fun. <laughs> yeah. Like they're, they're, yeah. They're, 
we're goofy. This is uh, a no goof podcast. Though. No goofs, but no we can goofs. be goofy. We can be a little bit silly. No goofs. So, um, yeah. So I don't know how long it's gonna take me, but we'll let you know when that goes live. You'll also notice I'm making an effort on social media. However, when you get a response to any interaction on social media, that will still be helpful. So Whoa. I'm doing the posting. She's doing the talking. Yeah. Because I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> the end. Okay. So um, as we go forward, everything I have for you, it's all Brandon today. Spicy. I'm moderately yeah. terrified. Uh, this was a kind of request from Shannon, and because he has to edit this kind of before his birthday, um, that's why we're talking about this topic this month. Happy birthday, Shannon. Way to be old. Yeah, you can put in, yeah, put in some air horns for you. Thank you. <laughs> that was for you from you, and I appreciate it. I love you. But it's just a foghorn, because we're talking about boats. Oh. Oh yeah, no air horns, all fog horns. All fog horns from here on out. Fog horns only. Um, it's gonna be so fucking obnoxious. I'm gonna try not to <laughs> recommend that there's horns, but I know I'm gonna do it at least one or two more times. Uh, but in the background. Yeah, but then it's gonna sound so Scooby Doo. I got yeah, fuck. You're right. That's so oh, sick. <laughs> you know, I've been rewatching uh, Mystery Inc. lately. Have you ever watched Mystery Inc.? A little it's bit. It's so good. Like. It is the most Lovecraft Scooby Doo he can literally get. Like they reference Lovecraft in Harlan Ellison and like all those authors. There's a Tentacle Cthulhu monster. Lovecraft is called Hatecraft, which is kind of stupid, but like. I mean, it's more accurate though. So. <laughs> it uh, is. Yeah, I, I can't, I'm actually here for that. That's pretty sick. Yeah, uh, and like, it's an actual continuous story i just I, I really like mystery ink it's so good it's no and fred is such a himbo he's no. always been a himbo dude fred yeah is, but he's yeah. like extra himbo like oh daphne the super hot chick is into me but all i can talk about is traps so <laughs> now she hates me like it's so stupid but probably super accurate honestly um, okay, let me take a swig of my no-no juice. Please never say that again. Also, that was that was a PBR, a Pabst Blue Ribbon, not a Pabst though, because that's gross. No-no juice is what Troy calls alcohol oh, in community. Right. Damn it, I forgot about that. It is. <laughs> um. Okay. So today, we are talking about, Whoa. this is Brandon's title, The Uncanny Incident Aboard the SS Urang Madan, Madan, whatever, or Man of Madan, if you prefer, pre fucking shit, I can't talk already. It's okay. If you prefer the melee translation. <laughs> what? Like, oh, Let the me, Malaysian. Um, okay. Or like, yeah. For, yeah. Let me... Let me say that one more time to yeah. get it out correctly. The uncanny incident aboard the SS Urang Madan, or Man of Madan, if you prefer the melee translation. Sweet. Uh, fuck, I hate how I hate that I'm this way. All right, let's get it. Let's get a foghorn uh, to start this off. <laughs> Thank you. All right, let's do this. I'm excited. Um. And he has given us a disclaimer today. He says, as with many stories of a similar nature, God damn it, I was going to tell you about how I have to write a fucking business plan for a brothel for our, like, we just finished up our D&D &D mini campaign. Mm -hmm. uh, Little Daisy had the highest kill count. Of and, course she did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nine. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> it's because I had these really fucked fucking OP smoke bombs but um <laughs> that I made in my apothecary yeah yeah slash medical tent but anyway we're moving it onto a Call of Cthulhu campaign and it's uh like wild west it's called down darker trails and my character is a brothel madam 
and uh, if I come up with a fucking like business plan for my brothel, I get an inspiration, a, a bonus die. So I want on a piece of paper written how much copper you have to pay to see a butthole. I think that's like that's a very <laughs> solid, just like in this like sleek binder with all of these different diagrams and charts, and then it's just like one butthole equal this much copper question mark. <laughs> Alright, I'll, I'll think about that. Okay, anyway. It was like things I never thought I'd say. Oh, I have to write a business plan for my brothel today. Dreams do come true. We live in a society. Uh, <laughs> so, disclaimer, okay. He says, As with many stories of a similar nature, there are many small inconsistencies between accounts of this allegedly historic event. I'm using a lot of finger quotes today. I've made the following using all of the more interesting bits that could be found. From Brandon. With love. XOXO. He, he didn't say that, but I did. Yeah. Um, we love Brandon. Here we go. He's jumping right in. Picture the sea. Waves rolling. Gulls cawing. And the sea spray on the whipping wind in the Malacca Strait. I don't know what your accent is. Probably whatever you want it to be. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking boat. I think we're, we're back on the foghorn train, so I'm speaking only in horns. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the year is 1947-ish. Two American vessels, the city of Baltimore, parentheses, awful name for a ship, and Silver Star, parentheses, better. Yeah, that name fucks. <laughs> are traveling near the relatively narrow waterway between the Indonesian land of Sumatra island, the Indonesian island of Sumatra and Malaysia when they receive multiple distress Morse code communications what do you think they say? Uh, to send, send nudes but you know like <laughs> SOS, nudes please yes <clears throat> The first of the messages to reach the local vessels read as follows. SOS from Urang Madan. We float. All officers, including the captain, dead in chart room and on the bridge. Probably whole crew, whole of crew dead. After a time, the final message sent from the Urang Madan came back after a jumble of undecipherable dots and dashes and was simply, I die. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I... You know, it does remind me though. Like everyone makes fun of uh, Lovecraft for his protagonists always like writing until the very end that they're dying and like writing that they're dead. <laughs> That's what this guy did. Yeah. Also, what else are you going to do? Like, it can happen. Yeah, like, if, if I'm already sending messages, like, I'm gonna complain, and then I'm gonna be like, alright, bye, dying now. It's like, yeah, <laughs> got nothing else to do. Yeah. After using radio directional equipment to gain a heading, the Silver Star be uh, began, nope, the Silver Star being the closer of the two ships, altered course and traveled 19 hours to render aid and um, to the distress vessel while the city of Baltimore kept radio contact with the star for support. Um, yeah, Brandon just started calling it the star. The silver star was the star. And that reminded me, do you know that back in the day, like when I worked at Celtic, back in the day, in the OG days, instead of calling it Celtic, we called it the star. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> like it's it's more letters right like it's just more work why would you yeah. not yeah but it's the same number of syllables I guess that's true is it like cause it's like the star of like Manhattan the star of the ville or is it just like oh yeah like Celtic star the star because that would be like that would be the British way to kind of nickname it that makes no sense to me. Like, but... if a pub is called the Queen's Arms or something, you would call it the Queen's. I'm going to the Queen's. I'm so going I'm going to the Star. I'm going to Arms. And I refuse to call it Celtic. I, I refuse to call it Celtic until 
after I moved back from Washington. No. I hated I, it. I am all for what, like, feels the best to say in, like, the star. Just, it, no. Celtic? Yeah. Just, like, yeah. written. I'll always say, like, instead of Goblin Games, like, my friend, a couple of my friends would always say Goblin. And I would say GG. Because, one, it's funny. And, two, it's the shortest way to, like, convey the information. So I'm like, hey. It's also one of my nicknames. What's the second G stand for? No, that's like G I G I, like Gigi. Who's called? Who's calling you Gigi? My British aunt. That's terrifying. I don't know Gigi, and I'm scared <laughs> of her. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh, I have a text message. Oh, Stu made spaghetti. Hell yeah. Um. Spaghetti. Spaghetti. Spag hat. The 5,000 Dutch steamship, I don't know what that's supposed to mean, Brandon. <laughs> the 5,000-something Dutch steamship was finally found adrift some 50 miles from its originally indicated position. What do you think it's 5,000 of? 5,000 tons? 5,000 penises? What's, what's the wet measurement? Is it... Uh... Like leagues is de is length. Yeah. So it may be uh I'm gonna say a a K a K long is uh the the wet measurement of a pound. It is the the weight of a barrel full of gunpowder. So that is also a cool. lie. Please no one ever use that in real <laughs> conversation, you'll sound stupid. So Oh. Hey, guess what? Oh, I already told you this. We won, we won trivia. Well, I won trivia. Let's yeah. be <laughs> I won trivia. It was on me. Uh, and I'm excited about it. And we did a D&D escape room on Saturday. What, what's a D&D escape room? Dude, there's so many tangents in this episode. I'm so sorry, Shannon. <laughs> uh, this is why we uh, used to record more, because if Georgia and I don't get to talk and <laughs> see each other's faces, we just keep fucking talking. I know. Uh, yeah, just like a D&D themed escape room. That's just playing D&D, right? So, not really, because like the, the, I'll tell you because you don't live here and it's not like you're going to do this escape room. So you like, the the idea is that you go to your friend's house to play D&D and he's the DM and that's like the guy that works there. <laughs> and he takes you into his super 80s living room and he's like, I'm going to go heat up the Hot Pockets and grab the Mountain Dew and I'll be right back. Wait, is that and actually said? Yes. One, I hate that because it negatively, like, it is a negative connotation to what it means to be a DM and, like, what D&D, like, players do and, like, whatever. But also, that's fucking funny and I love it. Keep going. Yeah. And so, um, we go into this room and then that's when you start. So you have to find the minifigs and that leads to a clue and then you find like jumbo d20s and those lead to a clue and then there's like a like an 8-bit video game section that opens the microwave <laughs> and the hot pockets are done but then there's an amulet also in the microwave that you need for later sure. and then you can like um open the secret door behind the couch and then you actually enter like D D land okay yeah that and fucks. so you have to like help the shopkeeper you have to like solve some riddles and help the shopkeeper and then you have to steal from the shopkeeper so he splits your party and puts half of you in jail and the other half have to try and break you out of jail while you're also figuring out clues in the jail and then you go fight a dragon and we won we had three minutes left and we didn't even know we were being timed <laughs> i mean i assumed we were but he never told us like you have one hour or anything but yeah we beat it with three minutes to spare nobody argued we all got things figured out pretty quickly it was great nice i love escape 10 rooms. out of 10 recommend everyone go yeah. to insert business here if you want to do escape rooms like that but not that one because you already know how it works so yeah. <laughs> i mean there's a lot of stuff there's a ton of stuff in it so i didn't really spoil that much but that one's at cu adventures in time and space 
But if you're in Manhattan, you can go to Locked for yeah. a different escape room experience. They are very, very good. Uh, one of my friends owns it, and she's real cool. Uh, she and her husband, who is a... They're both great magic players. They've got a kid. He's walking. He's a human being. Uh, please sponsor us. The end. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, if anyone knows just, like, <laughs> a, a franchised McDonald's that wants uh, a podcast, then let us know. Hell yeah. Only if I can get french fries. Exactly. <laughs> McMillions of french fries. McMillions of french fries, yeah. So, about that Dutch steamship, it was finally found adrift some 50 miles from its originally indicated position. The rescue crew noted that on their approach, there were no visible members of the Urang Medan within view, nor was there damage of any kind to the vessel herself. She presented with a slight starboard list, meaning she, like, tilted to the right a little bit. Thank you. Okay. Keep going. And her chimneys were not putting out steam. All attempts of radio contact and horn blasts went unanswered. A skiff was launched holding ten men to inspect the Medan. And upon boarding to assist the Medan's crew, the sailors found the innards of the ship to be frigid. Like, 40 degrees was what I heard on one podcast about this once upon a time. Despite the sweltering 110 degree heat outside, because this is like Indonesia, Malaysia where it's always hot um, and a strange smell hung in the air gross I also really enjoyed Thanks. the thought of like alright we're gonna go make sure that like this ship is okay you know we're gonna inspect it and everything and they come up and it's like I I see there oh, there be a starboard tilt uh, where there's a little bit of concern uh, first mate sound the call and then it's just someone like with a huge like a like 2022 car horn like brum, brum, brum. hey fuckos are you there brum, 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 brum. hey fuckheads come out brum, brum, brum. and then like nothing happened and they were like hi seems there may be trouble and then like they send the skip uh... parallel park their boat <laughs> you're, you're, you're good you're good you're good don't worry, Captain. We'll puff out those scratches later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in the chill of the darkened corridors, corpses would be found each laying at or near their respective posts, like the captain on the bridge, officers in the wheelhouse and chart room. Each of the bodies was found laid out, rigid, open mouth, wide-eyed terror fixed on their faces, and even a dog kept by the steamship's crew was found dead with a permanent snarl. Sad face. Yeah. It was suggested by those who saw the deceased that signs of decomposition were already becoming apparent despite having just recently perished. Which is contradictory to the fact that it was cold on board because cold preserves bodies. So, What? Um, during the search for survivors, it was discovered that a lifeboat was missing from the starboard deck, but there's no record of crew members being recovered. And, like, maybe they just went out without that lifeboat? You don't know? Sure. 22 lost souls, 23 including the dog. That's right, we include the dog. There were no visible signs of injuries to the crew, no traces of blood or apparent evidence as to what transpired on board. The Silver Star away team readied rigging lines to tow the Madan to a nearby port for further investigation. Amid preparations thick with two seas, thick smoke began to pour out from the- that's literally what it says- uh, began to pour out from the Madan's number four cargo hold, and furious flames spread. The fire was too large to save the vessel, uh, like, without- putting themselves in danger, saving the vessels out of the question. Um, so the rescue team cut the tow lines from the Madan and abandoned the ship with just enough time to get clear with their skiff before she violently exploded. Flames engulfed the ship while the sailors of the Silver Star watched it roll onto its side, take on water, and sink beneath the surf, taking all evidence of the encounter with her. 
She would come to rest roughly 3.1 miles or five kilometers uh, on the seafloor. And it was assumed that the ship's cargo was volatile in nature and the result of an accident. It doesn't sound like an accident. But also, there's there's a whole lot going on there. Okay. Oh, oh just wait. <laughs> there's more? So, weeks after the strange encounter at sea, a lifeboat washed ashore on Taeongi Island. Parentheses. You may be thinking, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Which would indicate it drifted some 4,800 uh, 4, miles before being discovered. Parentheses. Holy shit, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that's pretty fucking far. I, okay. Seven men were found in the boat, of which only one clung to life. His six companions succumbed to the heat and exposure, but with his remaining strength, he would convey any relevant details about his experience to a missionary who would tend to him, he said his name was Jerry Rabbit. Brandon inserted totally real name. I insert, is he Roger Rabbit's brother? That's what I want to know. He framed Roger Rabbit. Exactly. It was him. That's, yeah. we, we cracked the case. All right, boys, let's do this thing. He was the second officer of the Madan, and he remembered it coming to port in Shanghai on July 7th, 1947, where he was recruited to work on the vessel. And uh, papers were never requested, which was strange and led him to believe that many, if not all of the crew had been uh, hired in a similar fashion, like no papers, very- Yeah, very hush-hush, like under the yeah. table kind of thing. Uh, the steamship was a former Chinese cargo or troop transporter, which made it ideal for carrying larger loads throughout the region. And before leaving port in Shanghai, 7,000 boxes of unknown material were loaded at night. And then on July 9th, the crew made their way about 80 nautical miles south, where they would take on yet another mysterious load of 8,000 boxes. So Rabbit began to suspect that he and his shipmates were transporting contraband. Oops, sorry. I already hit my microphone hit. twice, it's okay. It's fine. I'm not used to it being up here yet. Um, uh, just so everyone knows, <laughs> Georgia is currently standing. Uh, like, just standing straight up. Uh, and she has her <laughs> mic just like on a very like stage style like microphone. It's very weird to see. I'll be, I'll be honest, it's very concerning and it's making me uncomfortable, but... I just wanted to feel like Lady Gaga. It, that's Don't We All, Georgia. Don't We All. So, um... You can make a... You can make a meat suit out of all the beef you saw at that game store you work at. So much fucking beef. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, rabbits... Rabbit began to suspect they were transporting contraband. The crew was to deliver their cargo to another ship off Costa Rica, and a course was plotted to avoid major shipping routes. Ten days into the voyage, the stokers that tended to the boilers and the fire, the, like, the fires in the boiler room, fell ill. One of them died immediately. His death was concluded to be a result of heat stroke, which makes sense if you're in Indonesia where it's hot as balls and you're working in a boiler room, no. My office was 85 degrees for four weeks and I bitched about it constantly. Can't confirm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the last couple days I've been able to like have my blanket on. It's been great. <laughs> You're a crazy person. Uh, but also I refuse to work in any conditions that are less than 85 degrees. So I'm also a crazy person. Yeah, that's I, I ridiculous. Don't I don't sweat though. So, you know, I don't really sweat either, but I also just don't like that it's 17 degrees outside and 85 in my office. So, if I dress for it being 17 degrees outside, it's too hot in my office. Oh, yeah, no, that's why I just hate winter personally. It's one so, of those. So, but I just wanted to wear my Christmas sweater, so that's true. Um, or holiday jumper, as they call it. Yeah, my grumpy cat. <laughs> A grumpy cat sweater. 
A few more days, uh, uh, the machine crew fell into poor health as well, complaining of stomach cramping and pain. Jerry Rabbit <laughs> grew concerned and decided to inspect records on board as to what their cargo might be. And he discovered that the 15,000 boxes in cargo hold number four contained sulfuric acid and cyanide and 20 canisters of nitroglycerin. <laughs> And he came to the conclusion that the volatile cargo below deck might be leaking and causing the crew to fall ill. Yeah, everyone just assumed it's like, oh man, I can't believe it. Uh, Leonard's just this farting again. It's like, it's not me, I'm not <laughs> farting. Oh, you, you know Leonard always lying about his farts. And, and it just actually reeked of sulfur for days. And no one thought anything about it except for the, the I guess, second mate. Said he's the second mate? Yeah. Yeah. A uh, second, yeah, second officer or something. Yeah, I can't remember. Same thing. Cut out my dumbness. Thank you. I appreciate you. Because uh, that's everything I say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Welcome to the broadcast from the Belfry. All right, thanks for listening, guys. That's that's Shannon cutting out all the stupid stuff. It's just the whole podcast is just removed. That's <laughs> it. Uh, uh, no, you saying that reminded me of. Uh, the episode of Kim Peele we were watching last night, and it's what if, what if names were farts? Nope. Have you seen that one? No, I've not. What the fuck? <laughs> and it's like, it's a Kim Peele skit, obviously, and uh, there's like people having a house party, and the pe- you know new people show up, and they're making all these introductions, but it's like, oh hi, <laughs> this is my wife, <laughs> like. <laughs> And then one guy just walks up and he's like, Robert, Robert, and everyone is like, <laughs> presumably because that's the sound that farts are. <laughs> yeah, I get, yeah. It's so dumb. Uh, anyway. <laughs> farts. What a farts. Because, all because Jordan Peele had like a shower thought, what if farts were names? And he tweeted it. <laughs> I love that though. That's that's what comedy is. That's what art is. Art is having art in power. Is having a shower thought and then having the resources to make people deal with it. And I he went. That. We used so much of Comedy Central's money to make a skit <laughs> based on this tweet. It was really funny. Okay. Sulfuric acid, cyanide, and twenty canisters of nitroglycerin. Yeah, that's one hell of a jambalaya. Let me tell you. So, so Jerry Rabbit, he says to the captain, let's make an emergency call. And the captain said, no. So Jerry Rabbit, Rabbit, Jerry Rabbit took six of his most sensible shipmates and absconded with an emergency boat from the starboard side of the Madan. Madan. Shit. Oorong Madan. Which is the one that was missing, obviously. Um, he was able to survive drifting in the middle of the ocean for three weeks with no provisions, then convey his traumatic experience to a random stranger who happened to find him in the middle of nowhere, and then he died a few days later. Of a broken heart. Brandon says, dot dot dot, incredible. I personally have no further questions. Yeah, exactly. That's not suspicious. It's super normal, and I have uh, case closed. We, we're good here. He says, the accounting of alleged events by those of the Silver Star leaves many questions for inquiring minds. I regret to admit that there are no satisfactory answers to be found. Only more questions can be found from this point on. I have painted a coherent picture here. But let us now review the bulk of the conflicting reports. So this next section is called Conjecture, Theories, and Even a Few Facts, but maybe not in that order. You fucking nerd. I love you so much, Brandon. (laughs) Uh, I don't, but that's only because I have to write a fucking business plan of a brothel. First, and most importantly, forget all the dates, the substance of the SOS message, the general starting location of the Silver Star, and maybe even the Silver Star itself. There are... 
There are publications from the US, Dutch Indonesia, Canada, and England reporting on this so-called death ship. And, and in all articles written about this incident, the only thing that consistently lines up is the story of a boat that sends a frantic SOS found with the crew mysteriously dead and is then destroyed. So, um, here Brandon has a bulleted list abridging the variance in facts surrounding this event between all sources. All right, yeah, let's, so, let's get our Pepe Silvia red string and start, you know, tying yeah. it everywhere. Yeah. So the years listed as the date of the event by various sources are 1939, 1940, 1947, and 1948. That's, that's broad. Which some of those are World War II, and some of them are not, and that probably makes a difference. Yeah. An interesting fact about 1939, the Silver Star was not even built yet. So it's not that one, I assume. <laughs> the location of the Silver Star was cited, cited as being near the Malacca Strait, or 200 miles east of the Solomon Islands, which is around 4,000 miles away from the Malacca Strait. <laughs> I, okay, yeah. Yeah. The SOS message was written differently in some instances. Some claimed the crew used uh, the word dead, some used the word murdered. And ways the ship was described being destroyed included burned, burned and exploded, Burned and exploded continuously, whatever that means. Burned and exploded so hard that it actually lifted out of the water. I like that. And then it's like, uh, burned and exploded so hard it flew out of the water, and then it landed on bats, and then all the bats kind of carried it a little bit, and then it like landed <laughs> back in the water. It was really sick. Uh, it, like, it, it burned and exploded so hard it did a kickflip, and Tony Hawk said, nice! And then it landed in the water. <laughs> it burned and exploded so hard that when it landed back in the water, it, like, was in one piece again. Ooh, yeah, like, it, like, everything was, like, Like, out, they all and stacked the... on top of each other. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, like, Legos, and it made the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do yeah. sounds. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> exactly. the headline. Everything we just, that's the whole headline. Uh, but that's from, like, PBS Kids or something, <laughs> where they're, like, we're, we're gonna tell the story, but we gotta make it child-friendly. But do kids, like, onomatopoeias? Sure, let's figure it out. <laughs> One of the most concrete facts about this incident is that that's what actually happened. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, one of the most concrete facts about this incident is that there is no actual proof that it ever happened beyond upstand un unsubstantiated witness testimony. I just really like that word and I've said it twice today. <laughs> uh, the very ship Urang Madan has no documentation that can confirm it ever existed in the first place. No shipping records, work orders, manifests, or, or even previous crew that could speak on the record. And the Silver Star has no logs detailing a failed rescue attempt of another vessel. Um, but there are, of course, some theories that have been posited to validate this curious case. The first being pirates, quickly dismissed due to the lack of injury to the crew. But if pirates is an option, it's always going to be my uh, first choice. Exactly, yeah. Also, not every pirate wants to kill. They, much like me, just enjoy a little bit of crime on occasion. You know, just like a tasty tiny bit of crime it doesn't always have to be murder it doesn't have to be stabbing some of them want to watch billy elliot and ballet and like be in musicals yeah, and some of them just want to find their weird squid dad like it's fine some of them just want to wear nice clothes and live on a boat and make out with taika waititi as blackbeard is that one you or is that one that show that i never watched both, both. okay cool yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's me living vicariously through Our Flag Means Death. You didn't watch Our Flag Means Death? Nope. I kept forgetting. It's so good! Yeah, I heard. Uh, also, fun fact about it, when that show... Because it was a miniseries, right? It's ten episodes. Ten episodes is cool. So with the last it's a normal series. Okay. So when the last episode came out, I was DMing for my co-workers um, at, yeah, at the bar. 
and I had a flashback episode where we, one of the characters, like, had mentioned that he was, like, he used to have a ship. So I, like, wrote it out and, like, developed a backstory and then had them all, like, roleplay through that and how he lost his ship and his crew and, like, why he is the way he is now. And one of the guys was like, are you fucking kidding me? I just finished our flag base dead. And so I, I know nothing about boats. I don't trust them. I don't like them. I don't, nothing. So I don't know, like, boat terms. And uh-huh. this one guy, his name is Will. I love Will so much. I would, like, be describing something, and, like, he would just be shaking. And we get to his turn, and he's like, okay, so if I'm on the, st- if I'm on the starboard side of the boat, uh, I'd like to go below deck, and that's where we should have this, this, and this reserve, right? If, uh, also, if it is this type of cannon, then we should have this kind of ammunition on this other side. And, like, just super in-depth pirate knowledge. And I'm just like, if you can... You sound confident. I believe you. Do whatever you want. <laughs> and he's like, sweet. And he was just like the most jazzed I think I've ever seen a player ever. Hell it was yeah. crazy. <clears throat> Shout out to Will. Uh, I can't believe you didn't watch it. Okay, well, I'm I don't want to like talk it up. I don't want to talk it up a bunch. And then you be like, that was good, but not as not amazing like I thought it would be. Although I think you'll think it's amazing, but whatever. Yeah, I've it's heard fine. like pretty pretty consistently great things about it it's just like yeah. a gay pirate show so it's like yeah yeah it's but it's like it's actually a gay pirate show there's no queer baiting there's non-binary characters like it's great mm, i'll I'm watch that after, I, after i'm done with this D arc like podcast arc i'll i'll do that i'll watch that yeah you will okay next theory large methane bubbles rising from the seabed igniting when meeting heat from the boilers. Brandon says, creative. But if true, that would mean the crew would have been immolated instead of dying of hypoxia and then being immolated slash blown up later. Yeah. So they would have just blown up. Yeah. Period. Yeah, they wouldn't have frozen, blown up, and then been legoed back together. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The CO2 produced by the boilers killed the crew. The ship is not a confined space. It was well vented. It was not the only coal-powered vessel on the water in those times. If this were possible, it would have happened many times by that point in history. Also, CO2 is not explosive. Next. (laughs) And then he says, ghosts slash aliens slash UFOs. Dude, dot, dot, dot. No, come on. (laughs) Yeah. Slash uh, Edward, Edward Pirate Hands slash the ghost of Kimbo Slice slash... Uh, Bodie McBoatface's grandfather. Uh, it's, yeah, no. Or. So, the real story, what it sounds like, is the this guy, a German professor, he's probably a fucking Nazi, uh, a German professor, Theodore Searsdorfer, that's such a fake is the first, name, too. I, holy shit. Is the first person to publish the names of the U.S. ship to aid the Madan with no credited sources. But he did recommend that those inquiring to know more of the facts surrounding the ship should read, uh, it has a different name in German, obviously, but it translates to the ship of the dead in the South Sea by a guy named Otto something that's spelled M-I-E-L-K-E, which I am um, reading as milk. Milky. <laughs> yeah. Milky. Yeah. Uh, which is a short booklet detailing specifics about the ship and its route and all that. He says, Brandon, Brandon says, this next bit is simply delicious. Auto milk or milky. Auto, auto milky. Auto milky. <laughs> that's what, uh, that's one of the services available at George's brothel <laughs> is uh, the auto milky. That'll hopefully be the grossest thing I say today. (laughs) Otto Milky was a member of the German Navy between 1939 and 1945. You know what that means. He was probably a Nazi. He was a Nazi. But that isn't really what's surprising about Otto. He was a writer of booklet novels of the fictional variety. So... This professor, Theodore Searsdorfer, 
a professor use smut as the basis for like this thing like the what yeah listed a legitimate listed a fiction writer as a legitimate source and claimed that this was heavily researched by him some fucking fox news shit this is stupid i okay sure so while Otto can't take credit for fabricating the original story, he definitely did his part as a writer. And um, Brandon says, it would seem that we have this story thanks to a select few who had a casual relationship with the truth at best. Oh. Some of whom will likely never receive due credit for such a compelling piece of fiction. Cheers. <laughs> you know who I bet would believe this fucking story? Uh, Graham fucking Hancock. Graham, Graham Hancock, yeah. Oh, who also probably watches Fox News, so just... Yeah, yeah probably. Um, apparently, the Madan was referenced in the 2016 Ghostbusters film, which Brandon says is widely accepted to be the best Ghostbusters feature made to date, and I highly suspect that he's being sarcastic. I, yeah, um, which one is, which Ghostbusters is that? That's the one with the women. Yeah. I didn't hate it, but I also only watched it in the hotel room while you guys were doing the bachelor party, and um, I wasn't really paying attention. Yeah, I watched it once, and it was like, it was good. It was entertaining, but to say it's I mean, the best. It was it? really funny that Chris Hemsworth was super dumb. Yeah, uh, just, again, himbo central. Yep. Um, there is a 2019 video game, Dark Pictures Man of Madan, which was based on this, and the game is set on the boat, I believe. Dope name. And, um, it's mentioned in a book by Vincent Gaddis from 1965 called Invisible Horizons, Strange Mysteries of See-True Stories That Defy Logic. And then his last one is crusty sailors who like to tell tall tales. Yeah, I exactly. love crusty sailors though. The crusty I sailor mean, is such a cool guy, you know. Like he's always uh, he's always delivering his wares to Harbor Freight. It's just a good person. Yeah, I mean, I did grow up in a seaside town that was full of crusty fishermen sailors, so crusty sailors feel like home. Yeah, that's gross. You should reconsider <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> Nah, I'm good. It's all okay, right. sure. <laughs> they got those, you know, fishermen's cable knit sweaters on. Mm. They have a slight odor of rotting fish. So it took me a minute to actually like visualize what you were saying, and instead I pictured a bunch of just like fishermen wearing like mesh tank tops, <laughs> which is like <laughs> not the same. It's like if the village people were all fishermen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like they, they were all picking their professions, you know, and like their, uh, I guess not all professions, which whatever, that's, yeah, that's its own other thing, but they were all choosing who they yeah. were going to dress as, and they all showed up as sexy fishermen on accident, and they were like, fuck, again. <laughs> so apparently, I would like to pose this question to the audience. Um, I had this conversation with uh, my coworker Noah a while back earlier in the summer i think and he it's one of those things where he was talking about this with somewhere else and then he was telling me about their conversation and then it became our conversation um so you know how all of the village people are occupations except the one uh cultural appropriated yes, yes. <laughs> native american character so what what profession what character would you choose to replace uh, appropriately the Native American guy? Plumber. Easy. P- plumber? Sexy yeah. plumber? Sexy plumber yeah. with the plunger on stage. Hell yeah. I can't remember what my first thought was. Actually, milk delivery person. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have a postman either. They should be like a sexy mailman. That one actually probably is the winner. Like, probably. That was gross, sorry. <laughs> it was like some, uh... No-no juice. That was just you know, working its way <laughs> back up. <laughs> some, like, reflux there. Woo! 
Uh, yeah. Also, I do have a question. Alright, if you are dead, and your face is frozen, what expression is it frozen into? Uh, if you could pick. You know that scene in, uh, in The Emperor's New Groove where Pot just describing how the mountains sing? I want that face. Like, just the, like, ooh. Like, with, like, him, like, <laughs> doing, like, the okay sign. Like, that's how I want to go out. Thing. Yeah, I don't know. I am. Yeah, I don't know. I think I the face that I make when I'm taking pictures, but I don't want to be in a picture, so I'm making a dumb face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's what face I would do. See, that one's a finger, a slight frown. I also am like a really big fan of just like. Just like, I'm dead. Yeah, exactly. I'm unimpressed. I'm unimpressed about being dead. Oh yeah, it's like uh, the meme of that guy. I think it's at a soccer match who's standing up with his like hands on his hips. Yeah, it's that. Like that. <laughs> yeah. piece. That's a, that. That's another one. It's a good one. Yep. Uh, yeah. That's all I got. Okay. Also, none of these address. Okay, I guess that all ties back to the very end, where you know all of this is fake. But yeah. So, first, what are you doing? I feel like there's a hair in my cleavage, and it's like tickling my boobs. <laughs> Sorry. It looked like you just forgot that you had tits, and you remembered, and you were like, "Oh!" And then it's Ooh. like, <laughs> "What a what a what a silly surprise!" Wow. Um, no, I just feel. Oh, no, it's on the outside. Okay, I got it. Okay, all right, we're like good. Through your shirt. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I guess it's addressed at the end with, you know, the fact that none of this was real. But, like, none mm -hmm. of those theories or explanations explained why everyone, like, looked scared when they died. Yeah. All. So, the podcast that I listened to about it, they were talking, uh, uh, and that's why we drink covered it, like, three years ago, I think, probably. Um, and they were talking about, you know, like, what if the whatever gases were listed that I, the sulfuric acid and stuff and said what if it was like some I think one of the theories suggested like a chemical like weapon like an untested kind of chemical weapon and so they were all like hallucinating so it was kind of oh. like a mass hysteria hallucination type of thing yeah. that would have made them all like freak out and then die and then the um chemicals dissipated before the rescue crew came aboard which is why they weren't affected that would make sense I mean, kind of like a joker gas situation but like the opposite because no one's yeah. smiling everyone's you know afraid oh so no it's the fucking scarecrows stuff uh whatever scare is yeah. scare serum i think it's the name i don't know i don't remember sure yeah it's like that also fuck scarecrow i'm actually scared of like the new iteration of him this have been for years it's too spooky don't oh, like yeah. Ugh. But yeah oh what pop culture thing that we haven't talked about oh, that has yeah. nothing to do with this uh have you watched the new indiana jones trailer nope didn't know that was coming out it was released at some con over the weekend the trailer doesn't really give anything away. The movie has a dumb name, but it already looks infinitely better than um, Crystal Skull. And uh, to be fair, I actually don't really hate Crystal Skull that much. I just hate that the aliens are real at the end because of everything I just said about Graham Hancock. Yeah, it's kind of like dismissive a little bit, but yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Um... Like if the aliens weren't real, and but like the rest of the movie happened the way it did. Cool, would I would have been fine with that. Yeah, just the aliens being real really pissed me off. And I went to the midnight premiere to see that movie. Like, I was on board. I was ready. I think I Because that was when midnight premieres still happened. <laughs> exact rip midnight premieres. Ugh. Yeah. So good. Which, like, I wouldn't go to them now because that's my bedtime. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would not. But I still would like... I would still like the opportunity to go to them. Exactly. <laughs> But it's fine. Uh, other, um, other pop culture things. Uh, let's get a foghorn. Foghorn. 
Thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. Uh, if you liked what you heard today, uh, if you learned something, if you're a little bit scared, I'm sort of like so many other thoughts, but they're all kind of jumbled right now um, regarding this, so I might address it at the top of the next episode. Feel free to drop us a line. You can find us by searching broadcast from the bell. Shut up. You can find us by searching broadcast from the Belfry on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Uh, and yeah, you can also email us at broadcastfromthebelfry at gmail.com. Thank you to Shannon for doing the music, doing the editing. Foghorn for Shannon. Sweet, thank you. Uh, and uh, for Brandon for doing the notes, Hope for doing the social medias, and for you, to you, the listeners, for listening and hanging out with us. You're wonderful. None of this would be possible without you. To quote the artist Jeremiah, uh, fuck, I forgot what the name of that song was. Uh, there's no we without you and I. It's it's the French spelling of we. It's like O E Y. It's it's a good song. Or you should listen to it if you haven't heard it, yeah, listeners. Uh, am I forgetting anything? Oh, uh, shout out to Jessica Lemon because we love her. Uh, am I forgetting anything? No, but. I was laughing because I hit my teeth. You know how I have kind of an overbite and I hit my teeth together and it kind of hurt. The end. What do we say to the teeth clacky <laughs> listeners? The, the, two, the teeth chattering, frigid listeners of this podcast. Thanks for listening and stay spooky! It's Shannon's birthday, kind of. Slut. That's specifically at Shannon. Oh.